This message is brought to you by The Covenant Nation. Hallelujah. Come on, let's celebrate the Bishop Pojo and his beloved wife. And all the men and women that have stood on this altar this far. I also want you to take a minute and clap for your neighbor. (laughs) You may take your seats. Tell your neighbor this evening I'm walking on water. Turn to the neighbor the other side and tell them this evening I am walking on water. Hallelujah. The faith that moves mountains. Allow me to go straight into the word. My mandate this evening is in Genesis, the third chapter, a very common scripture, very, very common story for many of us who have been in the faith for quite some time. And I'll begin with the first verse. The Bible says that the serpent was more subtle than any other beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And then he said to woman, has God said you shall not eat of every tree of the garden? The woman says to the serpent, we may eat of the tree, of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of, but of the fruit, sorry, we shall eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said, you shall not eat it, neither shall ye touch it, lest you die. And the serpent said to the woman, you shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day you shall eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and you shall be as the gods knowing good and what and evil. And you know what happens? The scriptures tell us, the woman saw that the tree was good for food, it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, and she took the fruit thereof, and ate, and also gave her husband. Verse 7 says, and the eyes of them were both opened, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. This is the story of the fall of man. All of us know this story. The scriptures father tell us God intervenes at the fall of man. God calls out to Adam in verses 9, where are you? He says, I heard your voice in the garden and I was afraid because I was naked and I hid myself. And God asked him, who told you you were naked? And the next line says, did you eat of the tree thereof whereof I commanded thee that you should not eat? Hallelujah. He later says, it was the woman that you what? That you gave me, she gave me the tree to eat. And then he goes to the woman and asks her, why did you do this? And the woman says it was a serpent. And then judgment was pronounced over the serpent, the woman, and the man. You all know that story. And then, Paul in 2 Corinthians 11 verses 3, brings this conversation again, and he says, But I fear, lest by any means as the serpent beguiled Eve through his subtlety, so your mind should be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. This was Paul's greatest fear because it was the most potent weapon that the devil used against man in his purity yet innocence. Are you following what I'm saying? So if this is the devil's most potent weapon used on Adam and Eve, then you must definitely understand that this is the weapon that he will want to use on every individual And Paul has said it is the corruption of your mind from the simplicity that is in Christ. Let me sound a little philosophical. I'm teaching a little. I'll preach later. How many of you know that simplicities coexist with complexities? 
It's a known law that all simplicity coexists with complexity. I'll give you an example. Somebody can say, I'm simply a human being. And that's a fact. But what is the composition of a human being? A human being has muscles, has sinews, has a nervous system, a respiratory system, a digestive system, and you break that down to subatomic, even to submolecular level. And then you find that this thing called simply a human being has its complexities. But that law is only allowed if the complexities are explained from the simplicities, not the other way around. Do you understand what I'm saying? It's important for us to understand the way of the spirit that such complexities can only or should only be explained from the simplicity first. It's a wrong order to bring simplicities beginning from complexities. That's not the way of the spirit. It's not the way of God. The way of God is that he will give you the simplicity of things and therein indulge you with the complexities with the foundation of simplifying the complex. That's the essence of demystification when it comes to the mystery of Christ. Why the church is an ever-going concern from generation to generation preaching the gospel in its simplicity, yet in its depths, because the complexities that are found in the simplicities define the depth. If you didn't understand it, blame Pastor Pojo. <laughs> Praise the Lord. And Paul says, Satan studied man, looked at him so intently, and said, there's just one thing that can get this man off their perfect balance. create a complexity outside their simplicity that I would put a lust in his heart to seek after to be as one which isn't and there we disconnect him from the simplicity God has given him to do things. And from then on since the fall of man everything becomes a complex equation even when God has designed it to be simple. The things that were supposed to be easy have become hard in every aspect of life. That is why you hear human beings saying, ah, it's not easy to get married. Ah, it's not easy to go to school. Ah, it's not easy to build a ministry. Ah, it's not easy to walk righteous. Ah, it's not easy to build, uh, to, to, to build a successful business. Everything is not busy. Why? I mean, easy. Why? Because they begin from the complexity of things and try to simplify what God had designed to begin with simplicity to explain the complexities within. I'll give you a simple example. Those of you who have done music know that music has only five notes. One, two, three, four, five. But out of the five notes of music are the myriads of melodies that create the music we hear. Those are the complexities. But to understand how to create these melodies, you must firstly see music from a simplistic realm to see that there were really five notes. And the wisdom to know how to play with those notes is the secret of playing all sound of music. Colors. Those of you who went to school, there are five primary colors. You agree? Do you agree? But they tell us that they are infinite combinations out of the five colors, primary colors. Flavors of taste, they tell us that there are five. So they say. Oh, some of you say there are three. Study. <laughs> Study. <laughs> Study. You realize they, they are five. <laughs> Study. Do your homework. <laughs> Do your homework. Do your homework. So they tell us that there are five flavors of test, they say. There could be more, but this is what they tell us. But how many variations are defined in these tests? 
begins from the simplicity. Those of you who know three, let me say, okay, there are three. (laughs) But out of those three, you can create how many infinite colors, isn't it? Everything by God begins from simplicity. It was not designed to begin from complexities. God made man, gave him everything he desired in simplicity. He ordained the garden Eden to provide for man. He prepared everything man would ever need before man entered that garden. Are you following what I'm saying? So by the time man enters the garden, everything is provided for. Why? Because he had designed your life to be a simple one to live. Although if you were to explain it, it has its complexities, but it was designed in simplicity. Imagine God creating everything you would need. And then the Bible says he placed man in the garden. Did man dig? No. The trees in the garden of Eden were ready every year, every season, every month, every time. When a fruit was taken off, another one would grow and there was no Wastage, no corruption because the creation had not been subject to bondage. Adam and Eve lived an effortless life in the simplicity of God's design. Then Satan brings the temptation and tells them there is a tree you were refused to eat. But God knows that the day you eat of that tree, you shall be awakened to the knowledge of both good and evil. What was wrong with that. Everything was wrong with that. Because man was open to the consciousness of good and evil. Are you following what I'm saying? Life and death. Success and failure. Progress and regression. Advantage and disadvantage. Increase and decrease. That's the world we're open to. Because they cast a vision on the woman. The Bible says she saw that the tree was desirous to make one wise. And so was the fall of man and the consequences that follow after. When you look at this tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you realize or study and come to the conclusion that human life has been set in a fallen realm. Look at parents when they're raising children. They teach their children and say, this is good to do, this is bad to do. This is right to do, this is wrong to do. Because that's the knowledge of good and evil. That is not the mind of God. That is not the way of the spirit. But that's how we raise children. Because we're indifferent to the heart of God concerning this. When you read the heart of God, he says, raise up a child in the way that they should go and should not go. Hey, hey, answer me. And should not go? No. Raise up a child in the way that they should go. When they grow up, they will not depart. It's not my business to tell my child what's evil and how evil the world is. It's my business to tell my child what they should. Then the reconciliation of all things in divine wisdom will align and position my child to know what to do when evil appears. It's not in the responsibility of any parent to raise their child contrary to this reality. Raise up a child in the way they should go. Let them only know what they should do, not what they shouldn't do. Now, this is the ultimate question. If this is the antidote God has given a parent to raise their child, why would you think that as his child he would raise you different? Am I communicating? He wouldn't raise you different because he's telling you how he should raise you to raise the same. You are in his image and likeness. So if he says in the way you should go, he has also designed the way of the spirit to be a life 
of being cautious only in that which is good. That is why he says that your obedience has come abroad upon all men. Now I would rather have you wise unto that which is good and simple concerning evil. That is why in Philemon 1.6 he says that the communication of your faith becomes effectual as you acknowledge every good thing which is in you, which is in Christ Jesus. Does he add, while you also look at the other things that are not working? Answer me. He says, no. Only acknowledge that which is good and I will deal with the evil. Acknowledge what is working and I will deal with what's not working. Acknowledge what's progressive and I will deal with the regression. Acknowledge what's destructive, I mean what's instructive and and adding and I will deal with what is destructive and taken away. Acknowledge what is increased and I will deal with what's decimating. That's just my way. That's how I work with you. I have never awakened or intended to awaken you to fallen wisdom, forbidden wisdoms. You know, in scripture, there is such a thing as fallen wisdom. Things man was not created or meant to know. Not because they were not existent, but they were not in the will and purposes of God for man to know. You have heard of the stories in ancient books where angels, fallen angels, taught men to build things like nuclear warhead. God has never designed a man to know how a nuclear warhead should work. It wasn't meant to come on us. Weapons of mass destruction. You have heard today that some people manufacture diseases in laboratories. Those are all inspirations of the devil and these are called forbidden wisdoms. Things man should not have known. If you read the ancient text, you'll discover how man discovered how to remove a child out of a womb. This was not something man should have known except by another inspiration. Are you following what I'm saying? We cannot talk about the faith that moves mountains when we don't have the revelation of the way of the spirit, the revelation of the heart of God when it comes to these things. Because I have seen Christians who are failing in life not because they are not praying or they're not fasting, but their fasting, their prayer, their sacrifices, their seed is planted, established in fallen wisdoms of the knowledge of good and evil. I'll explain it. In Romans chapter 4 verse 17, the Bible says, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations. God came to Abraham and he appeared to him until he told him, I shall make you exceedingly great. He says, how can you say all these things seeing that I bear no child? I have no seed and now Eliezer in my household is going to take over everything. And then God tells him, you know what? I have met you. This is from where now Paul carries that conversation and says, when God came to Abraham, even when he was barren, him and his wife, he did not come to address the spirit of barrenness over Sarah's womb. He came to address the good. Oh, he came to address the good. Remember, remember, remember. Now I'm starting to preach. He came, remember, in the garden of Eden, there were two trees. There was one of the knowledge of good and evil. And there was one which was a tree of life. But the very Bible tells you that a wholesome time is a tree of life. But the perversiveness therein, when you start speaking perversion therein, he said it is a breach in the spirit. That means the tree of life in the garden was actually the understanding of a consecrated tongue, a tongue that has learned how to speak 
wholesome that does not know how to speak or recognize the perverseness therein in the life of a man because that is a breach in the spirit. God did not come to Abraham and told him, I have rid you of barrenness. He went to him and told him, I have made you. Am I starting to preach now? Are you getting it? He said, I have made you. He did not recognize what wasn't working in his life. He didn't recognize what the doctors had said. He didn't recognize where the economy was. He didn't recognize his color, his age, his his credentials, his qualifications, his curriculum vitae. No, he looked at his man and told him what the good Abraham had was. And he didn't say, I will make you. He said, I have made you. Because that's a wholesome tongue. And God said, let us get man out of the garden. Because if we don't get him out of the garden, even in his fallen nature, if he understands the mystery of speaking wholesomeness, he will live forever in spite of his rebellion. Because God can't go against a wholesome tongue. That's the only reason why he sent them out of the garden. God cannot go against a wholesome tongue. When you are you following what I'm saying? When you know what to speak, and that is why he says, No, 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 this man is already corrupted. Let's take him out because if he eats of this tree in his rebellion, he will live forever. Why? Because he will learn the mystery of speaking right. This law doesn't care whether a man knows God or he doesn't. In the story of, was it Genesis 11, where they were all one language and one speech? You remember? The whole earth was one language and one speech. And the Bible says, and they said, let us build a building that will go up to heaven. This was Babylon. The Hebrew word there for Babylon means rebellion. Are you following me? But when he said, let us build, let us make a name, lest we be scattered because the language and speech were reconciled. God went and saw what they were doing and he said, this thing they begin to do. Now, nothing that they think or imagine shall be restrained from them. These were not born again believers. These were men who had understood the power of let us make. And God said, the moment they say, let us make, they don't need to be fasting. They don't need to be sowing seed. No, they just need to know what to say and how to say it. And if their language and speech are reconciled, nothing they imagine to do now shall be impossible with them. And I started to realize that day that even the realm of our imagination is a commanding force. To think that you're sick means you're saying that you're sick. To think that you are poor means that you are saying that you are poor. I realize that it's not just the tongue physical, but it's the tongue of the mind. There are men which are deaf, but they're speaking so much. They are dumb, but they're speaking so much. They don't have the the, 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 the tongue to speak like you do speak, but they're speaking in some way. That is why even a man who can't speak can look at a woman and she would know that he's attracted to her because he is speaking a language that she can understand. So when God is speaking to get rid of the knowledge of good and evil, he gets into the place of life and comes to Abraham and tells him, I have made thee a father of many nations. He's talking to a man who has no child on earth. And he's telling him, I have met thee. That's the language of the spirit. And he says, I have made thee a father of many nations. Verse 17. Before him whom he believed. Even God, listen. Who quickeneth the dead. And calleth those things which be not as though they were. Listen, God doesn't call the things 
that are as though they are not. He calls the things that be not as though they are. Who has understood it? Let me say it again. God does not call the things that are as though they are not. He calls the things that are not as though they are. Let's talk about sickness. God can't say that you were not sick when you're feeling sick. That is calling things that are as though they are not. God says, by my stripes ye were You are healthy. You are. Because if in 1 Peter 24 he says, by my stripes, ye were. Where? Where? That means it was done even before you fell sick. Hey! That means it was done even before you fell sick. And he says you're healthy. Without your performance, he says, you are my righteousness. And then that gives you the power to walk righteous. Who is following what I'm saying? He didn't say you will become righteous. It's not proper language to say you're not a sinner. That's speaking of things that are as though they are not. The God I'm talking about speaks of things that are not as though who am I talking to? That is why when God comes to Abraham and tells him I have made thee a father. The Bible says in verses 18 when Abraham believed the Bible says who against hope Who against hope. In hope what? That he might what? Become. The father of many nations. According to that which was spoken. He said so shall thy seed be. And God lastly said so shall your seed be. Luke 8 11 says that the seed is. The parable is that the seed is the word of. Of God, And he's saying this is the pattern by which your confession should be. This is how you should live when you're acting out your faith. Your seed, your word, your message should be or shall be like that. God will say, I have made you even when you're not yet made. And you will believe that you are made. And if you believe that you are made, he said... You shall become. That is why it's a wrong statement for somebody to say, one day I will become rich. Oh, somebody here understood it. One day I will get married. One day I will have children of my own. This mountain of poverty, one day I shall move it. Who is following what I'm saying? Does God speak that way? Should you speak that way? Should you pray over your children and say, you are going to succeed in your exams? Oh, somebody say it here. What do you say over your children? You say, my children, you are. What if your child comes back at the end of term and has a wrong report? What do you say? You pronounced and told to the, the child the child that you're wise, and the child comes back the next term with the wrong report. What do you repeat? Do you say next time it shall be better? That's the knowledge. Of the tree of life. But when you say it shall be better. That's the knowledge of good and evil. How else can it be? I am a success. 
That's why the song says, let the weak say, I will heal. Let the poor say, I'll get a job. Let the blind say, I will see. It's what the Lord will do next week. Somebody shout hallelujah. The Bible says, Paul says, I mean, uh, Paul says that, and he being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, which was dead. Because he was a hundred years old. Neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. The scriptures tell us he staggered not. Uh, Now you've understood how you stagger. Some of you are told confess right. But in your confession you stagger. When you say I will be fine. You're staggering. I will make it. You're staggering. I will get married. Oh, oh, you're staggering. One day our church will be big. You're staggering. Oh! Shake somebody and tell them don't stagger. Do not consider your circumstances. Do not consider what the doctor said. Do not consider what the economy says. Do not consider what you're feeling in your body. Do not consider your age. Do not consider your connect. Because when you say, I am not sick, you have considered that you're fighting something. when you say you're healthy you're saying you don't fall sick who am I communicating to let me show you a mystery that is why oh this is going to blow you oh oh, oh. that is why when Abraham so when Adam Here's God say. Now from today woman. Out of birth pangs. You shall bring forth children. You're all destined to death. Because you ate the forbidden fruit. He tells me the man. Out of the sweat of your brow. You shall eat bread. Let me, let me go there. Yes. And the Lord said in 14. And I will put. 15. Enmity between thee and the woman. And between thy seed. And thy seed. Because you have hearkened to the voice of your wife. Verses 18. He tells Adam. I repeat. Thorns and thistles shall bring forth to thee. And you shall eat of the herb of the field. In sweat of thy face shall you eat bread. Till you return. He has pronounced death on him. To the ground. For out of it was thou taken. For dust thou art. And unto dust you return. Adam realized. That God had pronounced death. Over him. And his wife. The woman was cursed. Verses 20. After God had finished pronouncing judgment, the Bible says Adam called his wife's name Eve because she was the mother of the living, not the dead. 
who am I talking to? When God pronounces everything, it comes to the spirit of Adam and he realizes if this thing continues this way, we're not going to see the next generation coming. Today, woman, I call you Eve because you're the mother of the living, not the mother of the dead. The moment God had that, verses 21. The Lord made coats of skin and clothed them. Why? Because in the first order when they had fallen, they had made themselves fig trees, fig leaves. They covered themselves under the way of carnality. In fallen nature, it was human effort to fulfill divine purpose. But when he confessed rights, he removed the figs and he puts coats of skins. Why? Because there was a sacrifice. That's why you must understand why Jesus died. This one did not come only to cover our sins. The Bible says he came to take away our sins. That when you go to the throne of glory, you go with boldness knowing that you shall receive grace to help in time of need. The veil has been torn and now we have access. That is why when Jesus Christ comes on the earth and he teaches what must be taught, Paul says of the Jesus, Timotheus, Silvanus, and I preached in him there was no nay. Everything in him was yea and amen to the glory of the Father. Because when God looks at what should disqualify you, he remembers what he covered you by. It was not the blood of goats or rams. It was not the blood of bulls or sheep. It was the very blood of the son of the living God. But there's a reason why Adam, after seeing this mistake, he said, I accused her once and judgment was pronounced on us. Let me pronounce life over her and see what God will do. He said, you are the mother of the living and God covered that is why it's the mystery of every man to understand. When you uncover your wife, you uncover yourself. And when you cover your wife, you cover yourself. I have never sat down with anybody to discuss my wife's weakness. Because it's the way of the spirit. Now listen to me and listen very carefully. This thing we call confession in this conference is going to the next level. Uh, I say this thing we call confession in this conference is going to go to the next level. Why? Because the theme of this conference is faith that moves mountains when you understand these things you're not going to stand before a mountain to move it you're going to stand before a mountain and see a flat ground do you understand what I'm saying somebody will say you look weak these days and you say where? You won't say I, I am I'm weak but pray for me. No! You look and say where? Why? Because you refuse to observe lying vanities. Hey! The Bible says they that observe lying vanities forsake their own mercy I refuse to see poverty I refuse to consider disease I refuse to consider regression I even refuse to consider witchcraft 
Someone will walk to you and say, you were bewitched. And you say, ah, I am blessed. That is why when Balaam goes to cast the children of Israel on behalf of Balak, he comes back with a message. How do you curse? Who the Lord? No. He, it wasn't an affirmation. It was a question that sought to understand. Woo! In Uganda, that's what we do when we're excited. Listen. He didn't say, you shall not curse whom I have blessed. He asked, How? Did you get it? How can I tell her that she's barren? How can I tell him that he's poor? How can I tell him that he's sick? But he's on a cannula. He's on drugs every day. Yes, he's on drugs every day. But how can I tell him when he does not observe? That's the wisdom of the Shunammite woman. Her son died. They were in the field and the boy said, Mother, headache, headache. And the child died. Her husband comes and asks her, Is everything okay? She didn't say he has died, but I'm taking him to the prophet. The Bible says the Shunammite woman said, Read your scripture. Read your scripture. No, the husband before. She told the husband, it is well. She carried a dead body. Dead, but she cannot consider. She walks to the prophet. The prophet sends his servant. Go and check. Is it well with her? Is it well with her husband? Is it well with her child? And she tells the servant, it is well she walks to the prophet wants to go to him and the servant doesn't know what to do and he tells the servant let her alone Second Kings 4.27 she came to the man of God to the hill she caught him by the feet but Gehazi came near to thrust her away and the man of God said let her alone, for her soul is vexed within her. And the Lord has hid it from me, and he has not told me. Why? Because God would not prophesy the death of a child she had not buried or recognized that he... Tell your neighbor, God cannot reveal what you have not recognized. No to a prophet, not to an apostle, not to a teacher. If any man had walked to her and said that as a prophet, I see what something, your child is dead. That would be divination. It would be accurate, but it would not be true. From rich to richest. God bless you. Am I communicating something? Oh. I have taken over. Oh you see you can't repeat it. Look at religion. I rebuke. I am more than a conqueror. By Christ which strengthens me. I am the head. And not the tail. I'm above. And not beneath. I am progressed. I'm increased. On every side. I am favored. Glory to God. Oh hallelujah. The faith. That moves mountains. Does not recognize. That the mountains exist. Can 
Can I say it again? The faith that moves mountains does not recognize that the mountains exist. I'm healthy. I am wise. I am deep. I am connected. Hallelujah. Glory to God. On every side, I'm enlarged. Glory to God. The Hebrew language knows no future tense. If you study Hebrew, they don't speak future. Because the future is the same as the present. In Hebrew, you can't say, I will make it. The Hebrew tongue says, I have made it. I will make it is English. I have made it is Hebrew. And there's a reason why the Bible is written in a sacred tongue. One woman sang, I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. I'm blessed. Oh, I'm blessed. You remember that one? Now, instead they're out singing, Kings have come. Who got it? Because I am favored and blessed. Correct it. In all I do, I have. Ah. Everything I've touched has been. Kings have come to your rising. Kings have come to my rising. Say, cause I am favored and grace. I am favored and grace. In all I have done, I have prospered. was not a big deal for Abraham to marry a barren woman. Because how can she be barren? Ah, you got it. Do you understand why it was okay for Isaac to have two barren women? How can they be barren? Do you understand why he walked to wells and the word dry the question is how could they be dry you remember when Jesus walks to a, a, a tree a fig tree to eat and he finds no fruit how could it not have fruit and the bible says because it was not the season and Jesus said I am the author of seasons you have made an error no man shall eat of you hereafter revival is here God has moved he has blessed you with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. We have been given everything that pertains to life and godliness through the epignosis of him that has called us to glory and I have no mountains. So, when you meet one, it gives way.
because how? The Bible says the expectation of the righteous. It shall not be cut short. Surely there is an end. God is looking for people who are so bold that even if they took you to the hospital, put 20 cannulas on you, put an oxygen mask on you, you can take that mic off and say, I'm healthy. Listen. Our generation has no choice. Who am I talking to? Our generation. Your family curse has no choice. The witchcraft that they sent has no it must bow it must bow it must bow what if situations harden continue not to consider that is why he says when men say there's a casting down you shall say you won't say there is no casting down don't say it shall not rain I remember recently we had a women's conference more than 50,000 women gathered and the cloud gathered thick and held up and started whirling in the sky and somebody called me and asked me Papa what should we do And I told them this. The sun is up. I didn't say country. I just said the sun is up. Shataco. Pradega. Ropandazo. Rekatalapa. Etakayopa. Reka. And the clouds started moving. The clouds started moving. Before their eyes. We have been preaching nine years in open air. But every Thursday even in a tropical climate some of you have watched me healing the sick I say you're healed if you're in a wheelchair walk if you have a clutch throw it away I told 31st people you're growing teeth you have teeth teeth were coming out people with missing teeth were go watch the video when I close my eyes I see that you are a success when I close my eyes I see that there are no mountains no valleys no crooked places everything is straight can you say something like this somebody repeat after me and say 2024 you're in trouble tell your neighbor you don't know me Kasata. now I want us to take the next minutes and express ourselves in the Holy Ghost Shata Kappa Parando katopa, sakata kotelepa. I am increased. Sombra tikabala. Sakata la parato. Come on, somebody. This is your time. This is your time. Sakabata la pa. Rakote balato. Come on, somebody. Massacre, brother. Sabako, brother. Sombra, get up. Rakotele, palo. Sabra, degate. Sabra, kata. 
Yarandoka, Sebraketala, Supokaya, Eranto Koyapa, Radaziba, Copra Legate, Asaye. Oh 